Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. All right, RJ, going to kick off this episode of the Deep Dive with a couple gripes. Okay? Okay. All right. First things being, last week decided, okay, fun way to start the Deep Dive from now on. Got my water bottle here. Got this broken ponytail holder. Just snap it into the water bottle. It makes that cool bell ding sound that we all heard last week, right? Kind of sounded like a, a nautical bell. I can do it again real quick for everybody. It's all right. It's, you know, it is what it is. Again, I'm snapping a broken ponytail holder into a water bottle. I thought it was fun. Add a little flavor. Lo and behold, what do we know? A couple days later, Kraken have to outdo me by bringing in an actual bell. <laughs> Yes, they stole that one pretty quick. Um, yeah, they must have heard it on the podcast. Like, all right, no, we need to we need to get a real bell in here. But yeah, that was definitely a, an added element to the pregame uh, experience for the Kraken. Uh, yeah, they they have a bell now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great idea. Obviously, um, I thought of it first, but. Um, it's, I like the idea that you could bring in famous people, celebrities, former athletes, whatever, and have them do something to help get the crowd riled up beyond just kind of standing up there. You know, Yeah, it was always kind of awkward when they'd have someone yeah. like, all right, everyone, DJ Dallas is in the house. And like, it's cool. We think, you know, the celebrity's cool. But they're just like, give it up. Look, it's it's the person. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just kind of awkward. But the bell so it like gives them something to do. It works. I like that they had uh, Rob McClanahan there from the uh, Miracle on Ice team there to ring it first. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was really cool. It was just the timing was just like, I, I was just I, well, Dylan, I, I just did this. What? Okay, okay, Dylan, the mail isn't all that fast. Like, you know, the post office, mm-hmm. it takes time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your royalty check will get there soon. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I guess so. Just be patient. Uh, so 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 that happened, of course. And then the other thing was, you and I, we decided on what games we're doing this month for the live commentary mm-hmm. uh, for our Patreon supporters. And those two games are going to be the game on the 19th, February 19th against Calgary, and the game on the 21st, just a couple days later against Vancouver. That way we get, you know, some rivals to the north, get those games in. Think those should be a lot of fun. One of them's a weekend game, hopefully. Means, you know, everybody can join us. <sighs> Little do I realize, RJ. You know, obviously pandemic the last couple of years. Haven't been able to do a lot of events, especially things like concerts. Little do I realize Killswitch Engage is in town and the two nights that they're playing, 19th and 21st. Like, oh, oh no you, i'm sorry dylan you, you kidding me you kidding me i mean they're technically playing on the 22nd there's also a kraken game on that night but that's also out in riverside and i'm not driving out there for that but <laughs> oh, <laughs> i was just no. like oh my are you are you serious uh oh well so that's it all right i'm done i'm gri- I've, I've done my gripes uh well actually you know what i have a third gripe rj okay. and that's that you were able to be at the kraken skills showcase yesterday and i wasn't <laughs> that's a third gripe and um, I know everybody's eager to hear, you know, your thoughts and, and for you to kind of walk us through how it went. So without further ado, I'll pass it off over to you, except for when I'm going to throw in snarky comments or whatever. And uh, you can you can take it away. Yeah, feel free. Feel free. Throw in as many of those as you want. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities there. But uh, yeah, I got to go to the Kraken's first ever super skills showcase. 
uh, yesterday. Super fun. I thought they really executed the event well. Um, just a fun time for everyone. I saw lots of kids there, too, which that's what it's all about, too. Mm-hmm. It's about having a good time. Um, and I just thought they executed it really well. Was glad to be there. I hope they do this every year um, because I think the players had fun, too. Oh, yeah, it seemed um, so, like it. Yeah, I think it was just a great time for everyone. And afterward, I kind of made a point to, you know, ask some of the people, you know, around, you know, like, hey, did you have a good time? What would you think of it? Um, and everyone I talked to said they had a great time. Um, and a lot of particularly families that I saw that um, they said, you know, we haven't been to a Kraken game before. Like we've never been to a game because, you know, frankly, it's so expensive. But when we mm-hmm. saw these tickets out here, $10 each, it looked like a fun event brought the whole family and had a great time. And I think it's something that, you know, really opened it up to people who, you know, might not be able to go to a game yet. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that's, that is awesome. And I'm glad that um, people like that were able to go and bring the whole family. Cause yeah, I mean, it's expensive to go if you're solo, you got like a yeah. family of four or five, forget about it. Exactly. You know, even with tickets getting down to the $60 range, you know, you got a family of four, that's you know, 240 bucks plus the concessions and all that, you know, yeah, it's that's ticket really fees tough. too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, great to see a lot of people, you know, get to go and the attendance was pretty good. Like the lower bowl was pretty much full. Uh, so that was really cool to see. Um, so getting into the event itself. Well, before oh, yeah. that, how'd the meetup yeah. go? Oh, yeah, of course. The meetup, the ECH meetup, it was great. It was great to um, to get to meet some of you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I uh, it's like the event was, you know, mm. was awesome. And the meetup was great. It was perfect weather, too. It was nice and warm. It was sunny. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great to see some of you, you know, shout out to like Ty, Lindsay, uh, Jared, you know, uh, great to meet you. Um, and also give away some of these new ECH pins mm-hmm. that we have that came in. That was the mystery item. Um, so it was, it was great to, uh, give some of those away and, uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna do some of those in the future too. I'll try and plan them when it's not doors opening time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think that may have hindered things a little bit. That's my bad. Um, but yeah, we definitely have to do that at a future Kraken game. Hopefully one that, that Dylan's at too. So, yeah. you know, they get the chance to meet you as well. So yeah, that was really great to do. Awesome. Glad that, glad that turned out. All right. Get into it now. Yes. Okay. So getting into the event, uh, they had, I think, nine different challenges um, that they would compete in. Uh, and it was dr- a draft, basically. It was Team Grubauer versus Team Drieger. And it was something they kind of announced via Twitter um, you know, about an hour before the event, which was cool. First of all, I liked the whole draft system. I liked that you had goalies picking teams. I'm sure you saw that video, Dylan. Yep. I mean, what did you think of that? Kind of the commentary from the goalies and, and who they picked. It was perfect. I just thought that whole thing was perfect. That's exactly, you know, the way to go. We were talking on our various podcasts about how we missed that from the, you know, the real all-star game and, and you bring it back. It's just fun to hear guys, especially in a situation like this where everybody's on the same team. So you can just hear them talk about their teammates. Anytime you kind of get more candid joking responses about players on the same team. I just think it's always, it's always perfect. For sure. It's a recipe for good stuff. Um, and so it was cool to watch that just being outside the arena, get hyped for everything and, and see the two teams. So that's kind of how, you know, it worked team wise. Um, so I guess we'll just start with the first event. It was the fastest dresser competition. And, uh, they showed a little video of, I believe it was Don Skoy and 
was it Zarnik? Who was the other one? But they were competing to get dressed or whatever. And they got dressed around the same amount of time. But that was just kind of the intro because they brought a couple junior crack and youth hockey players in. And that was the contest of like one for each team. Who's the fastest dresser? And it was just getting all your hockey equipment on. Um, and one of the kids had uh, his dad helping him out, you know, kind of putting the pads on and everything. And the other was trying to do it himself. And I felt bad for that kid. He was going a little slow. And apparently Philip Grubauer, because he was on Team Grubauer, felt bad about that too. So he rushes over and tries to help the kid. And it's funny because it just it's so incoherent. He basically kind of threw the chest protector like over his head, just like, go, go. Just trying to stick pads to him everywhere. Um, but So that was a fun contest. Good to see Gru get involved there. Um, and I think Team Drieger took the win on that one. Yeah, really. I, I saw kind of highlights of that on Twitter. Uh, you know, show me you've never dressed a kid for hockey before without, you know, telling me you've never dressed <laughs> a kid for hockey before. That's what I have to say about Grubauer's performance there. Yeah, but it was it was good to kind of start everything off on that light note. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Team Drieger with the win there. Also, I, I'll get into this now. The point system. I don't know how they were doing it. You'd have, like, you know, one of the teams clearly win a challenge and they would just split the two points for everything. <laughs> clearly they wanted to ma- they wanted it to matter at the end. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting scoring system. Uh, yeah, I mean, you almost don't really even need one, right? I mean, it's, it's oh, you everyone's know, there you for know. fun. Yeah. But you have a trophy, so I will get oh. to that at the end. But that's the thing. You need a winner. You do need a winner. All so right, I will yeah. that one. Okay, so next... Uh, was the fastest stick taper. And this was a head-to-head contest. Actually, there were a couple skaters on each side, but everyone was focused on Grubauer versus Drieger. <laughs> they had the gold out. They had the tape ready to go. And uh, Grubauer just blew Drieger away on this one. It was not even close. I think Drieger technically did finish faster, but he only taped, you know, he didn't tape the full stick. I'll, I'll say that much. And watching Grubauer, I mean, just the speed, the efficiency, like in the you know circles of taping, like he has clearly done this before so many times and at speed. Uh, so of course, you know German efficiency, blew Drieger away. Um, so yeah, I think Drieger did finish slightly sooner. Uh, and then Grubauer turns to him and looks. He's like, "Yeah, but look, you didn't even really tape it." Yeah. So they had the equipment manager there actually as a judge to make sure that it was done with enough quality. Uh, and he's like, yeah, gave Drieger a thumbs down, gave Grubauer the thumbs up. So uh, Team Grubauer won that one. I was going to say, you got to bring the equipment man in because like, oh man, they they do that stuff so fast. Oh yeah, like, for like sure. You could almost see how many the equipment manager could do in the same in amount the time of time that one player. Been. Yeah, yeah, that would have been fun almost too. Yeah, so that happened. Uh, they split the points, of course, for that one. <laughs> I know this is this is kind of how it worked. So the, um, the all scar like skills shootout <laughs> judges again. <laughs> I know. Yeah, basically. I mean, we'll we'll get to the, we'll get to judges because we had them for the breakaway okay, challenge. Okay. So, um, so anyway, next was the shooting accuracy challenge. So you had five targets. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. yeah, I'm counting them. So you had obviously one in each corner of the net, and then you had one that was kind of two targets big, and it was top center of the net. So I, you know, we had kind of the videos on on Twitter for those who wanted to see it. Um, and you would take one shot from like very close to the net on the side, and then 
two from around the hash marks and then another one or sorry three from around the hash marks and then another one from the other side so you could hit whichever target you wanted from whichever spot but that's kind of how you had to do it and you went from one side over to the other kind of like a game of is it around the world like playing basketball mm-hmm. yeah um so you do that and then you have your time it's it's a timed event and then at that point the clock stops but then you go to the blue line and there have five what are called golden pucks and if one of those hits the crossbar, you try and shoot those, hit the crossbar. And if you can do that, it takes 10 seconds off of that total time. Whoa. Yeah, so those were very important. That's, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting kind of format. But I liked it because it added some drama there that even if you weren't the fastest, if you were within 10 seconds of mm-hmm. the time, you know, you had a chance to go and win. And it's not easy to hit the crossbar. Like it's not automatic, certainly hitting the crossbar from that distance. So um, as far as the player results, the winner was Will Borgen at 17 seconds. Uh, He had 27 seconds through the first part. And it was kind of unclear whether or not he had hit the crossbar on the very last of the golden pucks. We all thought he did. Mm -hmm. um, But then, yeah, it was unclear. So actually the winner was then announced as Riley Shane with 18 seconds because it was for sure that he had hit the crossbar. Um, but they were both on Team Drieger, so it wasn't even close. Um, Team Drieger really cleaned up in this one. You had Borgen doing well. Shane was actually the best through the real like accuracy shooting portion. Um, so cool to see that he can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Zarnik, so you had Borgen 17, Shane 18, and Zarnik 19 seconds. Really good times. And then Eberly 28 for the team. On Team Grubauer, you had McCann with 21, Lausanne 26, Gord with 38, and Wenberg with 59. (laughs) Okay, okay. Well, okay. Wenberg, maybe that makes sense. Now we know why he doesn't take a lot of shots. What happened with Yanni Gord there? (laughs) Okay, so Wenberg, yeah, as we were watching this, it was was just kind of sad. All the misses (laughs) were like, okay, he's never shooting again after this. Um, Yeah, so Yanni Gord, what happened? And and this is... (laughs) So he had a little trouble hitting some of the targets early on, but at a certain point, he's just like, okay, you know, this is, this is enough. So once he hit the final targets, he goes over for the golden pucks and he skates to the far blue line. Oh no. He takes the golden pucks on the other side and just starts shooting them uh, from the far blue line trying to hit the crossbar. He didn't hit the crossbar. And then he skates up to the near blue line where his own golden pucks were and just winds up for a clapper on the middle one. Uh, did not hit the crossbar any of those times. Um, but he, he was just having a fun time with it. That's for sure. Okay. All right. That makes a little bit more sense. I was going to say, wait, did he go first? Like, why is he going to the wrong blue line? But that no, no, it was, it was intentional. He was just having a good time with it. Um, okay. But yeah, it's, yeah. you know, still interesting results all around i think um just you know a lot of names maybe that would not have been expected yeah uh, at but the hey, top I mean, of those leaderboards yeah in the draft will borgen was the first overall pick and i think the players knew something there you know i think i think trigger knew something there he was he was probably a candidate for mvp of this whole thing uh so good on will borgen yeah uh, yep. uh so then, say, what do you what do you think about that whole kind of um you know, staggered depths and different angles for a shooting accuracy competition, because obviously very different than what we see at the NHL All-Star game. Right. I think it actually did make it more fun in some ways if you're going to do something that's timed. Mm-hmm. I still think for the NHL when they should just do targets in shots, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just get the percentage there. But 
if for a timed event, it did make it more fun. And you had the passer have to kind of switch sides behind the net once the player switched sides to give him the passes. So I, I did like that element to it. Uh, and it was interesting, too, when because sometimes if it was one of the top targets left on the, maybe the near side and you had a guy just shooting it on that side from close up, it almost makes it more difficult because, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's a worse angle for the shot, essentially. So I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, no, it, it seemed like something that would add a lot of energy to the event. Mm-hmm. And certainly because it's it's a timed event and everything, it adds to kind of that uh, frenetic, frantic, you know, uh, struggle and the, the, the players like, okay, did I hit it? Did I not? Like maybe they mm-hmm. make a break a little early for, for the next spot, yep. like all that fun stuff. So I am a fan of that. For sure. And actually that reminds me, there was a couple plays where a player would hit the outside of the post, but it would knock the target down. Oh, okay. like, well, the target's gone. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. On. Um, and interesting that they had the like kind of double wide target up top like hanging down from the crossbar because you know usually shooting that you think of like target shooting in hockey it would be at the bottom it would be five hole right yeah the larger target yeah it was interesting the placement i mean yeah when i saw it on the net i thought that was interesting but that one was kind of used as the gimme almost because you know if you're going top for the double wide target it's the easiest yeah so I think it kind of gave the players one to, they almost saved it, I think, some of them, you know, for the end, just like, okay, we know we can get this one. Yeah, because that was my thought was, well, maybe five hole would just be too easy. Like, you just kind of yeah. basically pass yeah, into it. it. Yeah, yeah. See, there, that would have helped Wenberg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was struggling with those high targets. Um. So next, though, we had the obstacle relay race. So this was a five-man team, so they all go through the same relay race, um, and you had a few different events. You had like a you know those tight turns, kind of you know weaving you know in and out. Then you had um, the mini nets, Dylan. I know you'll be happy uh, yep. to see there was the mini nets, mm-hmm. and it's a saucer pass over a little barrier. Yeah, you have there to we saucer go. it over, get in the mini net. We know this event. Uh, then they had some like stick segments that were you know looked about a foot long. And they were, you know, arrayed a few inches in front of each of each other. And you had to kind of stick handle between those stick lengths. And that's probably the most difficult one. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard because if, if you knock it over, you know, it gets all messed up. Yep. So that's how that worked. And then you make a pass to your teammate who's waiting down in the corner. Teammate passes it back to you. You circle around the net and then you have to hit the far net, get the puck in the far net. So if you can hit a shot from mostly the length of the rink, that's going to help you a lot. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, your team, your teammate who's waiting down in the corner can start theirs. And so it goes through the five. Um, so I thought this was a fun event. Uh, it Let's see. So I forget which team went first. It was uh, team Grubauer went first. Okay. And uh, they did all right. It was Donskoy and Donato probably had a combined clip of 30 seconds it felt like wow. they were just so fast through everything uh it, and then everyone else just did kind of poorly and so the total time was 334 three minutes and 34 seconds um but like shout out to Donskoy and donato getting through that obstacle course you know so well and i'm not surprised like those are yeah. probably the two guys you'd pick out of that to do really well especially Donskoy with the tight turns and the skating I mean, he got through that so fast. I was going to say, we've been talking, I mean, really about both of them being, you know, useful in games in all facets, but especially somebody like Donskoy, it's just like versatility to the max. His For skill sure. set. 
Yeah, and if I remember correctly, he hit the mini nets three shots in a row to close it out. Just boom, one, two, three, yeah. uh, which obviously saved him a lot of time. So they do that in 334. And then it is Team Drieger's turn. And you can tell like from all the splits, and yes, I did the math in between. And I said, okay, so that's 42 seconds a person on average. And I kept track of the splits going mm -hmm. for Team Drieger. And it was all staying right on pace. Um, until finally it got to Morgan Geeky with about 42 seconds to go when he's starting. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be close. Uh-huh. So, you know, Geeky gets through the turns. You know, he he does the saucer passes about on pace. And so he gets to the stick handling part, you know, through the sticks. And Team uh, team Grubauer realizes, okay, we're, we might be in trouble now because he started off pretty good with those. Mm -hmm. So somebody throws a glove at him and throws their <laughs> stick out in front of him too. And then the whole bench sees that and just starts throwing, chucking all their equipment <laughs> at him as he's doing the stick handling. Um, you know, trying to sabotage him. But Geeky gets through it unfazed. I don't know how he avoided all the pieces of equipment there. Uh, makes the pass into the corner and takes the shot from far away with, you know, about like eight seconds to go to beat the time. Misses. So he has to come up and grab this puck. His teammates are trying to pass it to him. And he ends up getting it in the net with a tenth of a second to go. Oh. So he beats the time by a tenth of a second. Now, we didn't see what the you know time on the very end was. We just had 334 in mind. And uh -huh. it ended at 334. So, like, is this a tie? What is it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just beat the time by a tenth of a second, despite the sabotage attempts from Team Grubauer. So that one was definitely the most dramatic of all of them, because the fans all had that time in mind. Uh, and saw how close it was shaping up to be. Yeah, I mean, not only do you get the extremely close finish, but also just the fact that, you know, both teams are taking close to four minutes. Like, it's that's a long period of kind of prolonged action for something like this. Like, you don't you don't get a lot of that in skills competition stuff. They're generally start-stop, right? Unless it's Wenberg and the shooting accuracy thing. You're not getting close to a minute, usually. <laughs> so that's a really exciting one. I We talked about this... Um, I've always loved the relay stuff at the All-Star Game Skills Competition. Sad that it wasn't part of it this year. I just think that all that stuff, it's its fun. It's always fun to see who is that, you know, elite puck handler who can just, you know, quickly through all the, you know, stationary pucks on the ice or whatever it is. The people who always, there's always someone who ends up struggling with the passing into the mini nets and it's always fun to watch them sweat it out and have fun. Like, I, I just love all of that stuff. So I'm really, really happy that the Kraken included something like this. And yeah, I almost wonder, had Geeky not pulled it out at the end there, you know, does, does Team Grubauer get a DQ, you think? Yeah, I mean, you have to see how you judge it. Uh, it seemed like, you know, all's fair <laughs> in this kind of event. Um, yeah. But uh, Geeky didn't complain. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's easier when you get the win. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, good, good for him on being able to, you know, deal with deal with the sabotage while doing the puck handling stuff. I know it's probably not easy with all the, like, Pizza Hut grease on his hands. I, I mean, I know people talk about greasy mitts all the time, but I got to think with Morgan <laughs> Geeky, maybe that takes on a new meaning, right? Yeah, no, I, it's... Hey, can provide some slickness, and we'll see that in some future things. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Pizza Hut a little bit later on too. Oh, okay, because I was gonna say that's a good uh, shirt idea: the greasy mitts with the Pizza Hut grease. Oh, <laughs> there's yeah, gotta be you know something what? there for us to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so that was the obstacle relay race, fun event, and um, yeah, I mean, like just what a finish. So 
Uh, next, it was the puck juggling, the juggle the puck event. And uh, I was looking forward to this one because we, we made our picks for these various events, you know, at mm-hmm. least the ones that we knew. And um, who, do you remember who we had winning this one? I don't. I was hoping you had it as part of your spreadsheets, RJ. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's somewhere there in an Excel spreadsheet saved from when we were recording the podcast. I know one of us had Jared McCann. I think it was you. I think it was me. Yeah. I, I thought I his forearm strength was going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So how it worked was each team had, I believe it was five players that they would that they would send out and you would juggle the puck, you know, for as long as you could. But they're all in the same enclosed area and you can kind of run into each other. You know, uh, interference was allowed. OK, so you had guys important. bump into each other. So really, the skill was just kind of staying away from everybody while juggling the puck. Um, and so in the first round, Jared McCann like blew everyone away he was he even ran into a couple players and kept the puck juggling it was really impressive to see well i was gonna say is it is it was it based on a number of juggles or just time like could jared mccann whoever was the last one to have the puck still juggle on their stick before it hit the ice okay because i was gonna say could jared mccann like use his incredible forearm strength just to just to skyrocket that thing run shove every knock everybody down and then just collect it once and you're good (laughs) <laughs> you know what uh if you had the time it, it probably would work better in the final round when they only had three than in uh <laughs> you know when there's uh i think like nine other players to go after mm-hmm. uh but yeah you need some serious forearm strength for that <laughs> mckinnon but, could do it i've seen him you know catch pucks from like he'll launch those things into the rafters and he'll come down and he'll catch it it's it's wild mm-hmm. that guys can do that so interesting strategy we'll see if they try it next year Mm-hmm. yeah but uh so uh jared mccann super impressive it was clear from the start he was the best puck juggler mm-hmm. so in the second round you were getting you know like the finalists sorted out and then you had i believe uh morgan geeky and i it was definitely geeky and i think ryan donato from from team drieger uh from uh there so as the, for the finals so you had a three-man final basically how it worked and you had geeky oh man i don't remember if it's donato or not I mean, but Donato fits with the forearm strength equals good puck juggler. Thing. Yeah. So you've got like geeky and Donato on team, uh, on team Drieger. And then you've got McCann for team Grubauer and it's a three man final. Now team Drieger strategized here. You could, you could call it maybe a little bit of foul play, like, you know, in the last mm-hmm. event. Uh, but the strategy became clear right away. Morgan geeky, just kind of sat there in a corner juggling the puck and Ryan Donato made a beeline for Jared McCann and just knocked the puck right off of his stick, lost his own puck, <laughs> and Geeky's just standing there and takes the win. Yep. As as someone who picked Jared McCann, I protest. It's my it's my favorite favorite thing to do when playing or watching sports, right, RJ? <laughs> yep. <laughs> to file a protest. I file a protest. And I, I think that. you've got a legitimate reason for this protest because it was clear early on that Jared McCann was the best at this. Uh, you know, no knock on Morgan Geeky, but yeah. And Geeky was asked by, uh, was it Forsland or, you know, whoever was running the thing right after. He's like, do you think it helped that uh, you had two people on your team in the three-man <laughs> final? And he's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 just a little, just a little. Uh, pretty pretty good there. That's, that's Again, it's a fun event. I, I like that they got creative with some of these. It wasn't just a straight-up, you know, copy-paste from the NHL All-Star Skills Comp. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Uh, so it, it's cool to see some different events too. Like, you know, they could have just gone with whatever the same events were, mm-hmm. I guess, minus the fountain face off or the, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the 21. Um, so then you get to the uh, fastest skater okay. uh, competition. And I was really interested to see who was going to be the fastest skater here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had picked Yanni Gord. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who you picked. I forget too. It's okay. It doesn't matter it because <laughs> it the point is, did we get goalies? Did the team? No, we did not get goalies. Oh. We didn't even get Kraken skaters. Oh. So what they did is each team swapped out their player for an eight U uh, junior Kraken girls player. Okay. And so then they did the fastest lap. I forget which one won. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So uh, that's co- that was the fastest skater competition, and I'm not entirely surprised they did that. I mean, obviously, like great for the junior Kraken players, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's great they get to do that. And I know that it's not really a popular competition among the players to do, uh, like in the in the actual All Star game, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you saw the the guys mic'd up, like I think it was Kempe, he's like, my legs are burning, they're on fire. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they really wanted to do that, to be honest. Because uh, it, it does going fulls at it for a whole lap does uh, kind of take a lot out of your legs. Yeah, and it's it's one of those you could get embarrassed, right? Certainly mm-hmm. if you fall, that's something. But also if you're just like really slow, like it's it can hurt the ego. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you have to go all out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, didn't want to risk that. I think so. Then, speaking of uh, hurting the ego, and, and really a competition that the ego was probably most attached to out of all of these, the hardest shot competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was very much looking forward to this, and I was very pleased by the results, too, because you had a lot of different players shooting. Like, that's that's what I, uh, you know, was most satisfied with, is that each team had five players shooting. Actually, Team Grubauer had six players shooting. Uh, and so you really got to see the range of shot speeds from everyone. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I, I know based on at least the captain's remarks, though, there 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 might have been some, you know, questionable stuff going on. Yes. Talking to Gio afterwards, we'll, we'll say this now, talking to Gio afterwards, he did say 100% something was wrong with the radar gun. You know, <laughs> it, it's got to be, um, you know, the, he's like either something's wrong with the radar gun or the guys were a little too tired after the game you know, last night. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to go with the radar gun. And as he was walking away, not even part of the press, as he's just walking away, he's like, yeah, I've seen guys consistently go over a hundred. Like I've seen a one Oh seven in person. He said, so he, he definitely felt something was a little wrong with the radar gun. That was the thing that stood out to me. I was like, okay, nobody broke a hundred. Like, I like, I get it right. Breaking a hundred miles an hour. That's a huge deal. It's probably, yeah, you know, not everybody can do that just because you're in the NHL. It's it's a big thing. But I was like, to have that many guys compete and none of them got to triple digits? Uh. Yeah, I, I think something was probably... You, you have to kind of grade it on a curve, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit with this radar gun. Um, but it was still good to have the numbers there. And I think relative to each other, they were probably correct. Yeah, it seemed like... Because a lot of guys were right around the same... It seemed yeah. like, which is probably accurate. And it, and it made sense because you had guys taking multiple attempts and usually it was the same guys doing yeah. about as well. Yeah. So it made sense from that perspective. So starting out, you had Adam Larson taking the very first shot. And I'm like, all right, here we go. This was Dylan's pick he to was, win it. He was my dark horse candidate. Yep. Yep. 
And so he starts out, shoots an 82. Yeah. 82 miles per hour. And I was like, oh, okay. Is this what this contest is going to be? <laughs> um, I'm like, all right. I think, you know, it's the first shot, too. I, mean, did I he, figured. Did he, like, top the puck or something? Like, <laughs> No, no. The shot looked okay. So when it came out as 82, we were all kind of surprised. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, Dylan, good pick. Good pick. <laughs> so then next was Jared McCann. Now, I, I wasn't sure about him because, you know, everyone was talking about, oh, McCann, hardest shot. But, like, you think of it as a wrist shot, right? Yep. I mean, he's got a lethal wrist shot. I don't know about slap shot. He can do the one-timer, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's what so I was he saying. Shoots. Yeah, he shoots. It's an 81. We're like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe there is something wrong with this. Uh, is anyone going to break 90 today? <laughs> <laughs> We're asking ourselves. Um. So and McCann clearly did not like that. He's just like, oh, mm. mm -hmm. he was he was pretty upset about that. So then you get Jeremy Lozon. He comes in, shoots a ninety-four. All right, which makes Larson and McCann instantly look pretty bad. Very much so, yes. So that really got the crowd going. That got everyone into it, uh, you know, to start things off. So like, all right, Lozon's a contender. Then you got Vince Dunn coming in. I was like, okay, what can he do? You know, he's a little mm -hmm. smaller, really. Shoots a 90. Yeah. I so, like, respectable. Again, making Larson and McCann look pretty bad. And again, you know, you think of Dunn's placement. Like, you can get 90 with the placement he can have. That's pretty good. Yep. No, for sure. I mean, that's, yeah, at the end of the day, like, talent on all of these, for sure. Yeah. Then you get the big rig, Jamie Alexiak. Uh, and we're like, all right. He's got to be a contender. Shoots a 94. So he's tied with Lozon. Like, all right, here we go. Him and Lozon, you know, these are the contenders here. And then you got Philip Grubauer. I here love that Grubauer yep. took a shot. I, he was not in his goalie pads or anything. You know, he was, uh, you know, not wearing a whole lot up top. But uh, he takes a shot with a skater stick, by the way. No goalie stick. <laughs> I would hope and so. he shoots a 78. That's not bad. Not bad, all things considered. This is a goalie here. And, you know, he's shooting around what Larson and McCann are shooting, mm -hmm. you know, on their first shot. So good on Grubauer doing that. I know everyone was pumped up to see that. Uh, then you've got, uh, for Team Drieger, you got Borgen. Will Borgen shoots a 94. So now he's in the race. Is that, is that uh, just where it maxes out? <laughs> I know. We felt like, okay, 94 is the highest anyone's going to be able to shoot, it seems like, uh, on this radar gun. Uh, then the captain, Mark Giordano, and there was kind of this buildup too. Like he was ready, like, all right, let's go. And he was asked, actually, they, they interviewed him right beforehand. And he said, you know, Hey, is any, is any chance, like, what's the chance somebody else is going to win this, uh, mm -hmm. hardest shot? And he's like, not a chance, no chance. It's going to be me. So he, he really embraced that, which was cool to see from the captain goes out, shoots an 86. <laughs> So he was not happy with that for sure. No. And I think that's might be where the radar gun grievance started. Yeah, probably. Uh, he got Riley Shan shoots an 88 Morgan geeky. And that was my pick to win the hardest shot competition shoots a 92. So, yeah. all right, he's in it. Yep. Uh, and then Carson Susie with an 89. So then it goes to the second round for everybody. And we figure, okay, maybe with the second shot guys can get their numbers a little bit better. Adam Larson up first. 88 so yeah, somewhat respectable but he's not winning no again uh, so i said his, his shot is hard it's effective in a game setting but yep. you know it's heavy it might not be the fastest yeah. and again 
you have slight advantage of seeing, you know, you've been to basically every practice these players have had. I've okay, been yeah, to two, fair enough. So I, I have seen a lot of Morgan Geeky <laughs> slap shots, I will tell you that. <laughs> Again, I file a protest. You've seen them more yep. than I have. So then Jared McCann, who if we remember, has the lowest score of any skater to shoot yeah. this puck with an 81. You can tell he took that to heart because he steps way back and takes basically a whole lap behind the other net oh and God. takes this long run up all the way across the rink, steps into the shot and shoots a 96. Yeah. And that's the time to beat. And we're like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. And, Let's be clear, like, that almost makes it harder in some respects, too, to, like, have that much speed going into it because it make, it makes your window for, like, perfect timing a lot smaller when you're moving that, you know, fast. Yes. To, to time it up and to be able to rotate your hips and everything go, while going that fast to really get all of it. Uh, that's That actually, in my mind, makes it seem more difficult to get a higher speed. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, props to McCann for being able to pull that one off for sure. It's not easy, uh, but he did it perfectly. It's a risk reward move mm -hmm. and he got the reward. Yep. Uh, so then next was Jeremy Lozon and we're like, all right, he probably has a chance to beat it here. And his stick breaks, Ugh. his stick breaks on the shot. And uh, the radar gun, it registered. He got a 29. Okay. That's, <laughs> he got 29 miles an hour. That explains the 29. Because I, you know, yeah. looking at the spreadsheet you posted on Twitter, I was like, what happened there? <laughs> yep. His stick broke on the shot. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of power going into it, yeah. too. So they let him shoot again, which I'm, I'm glad they did. And he shoots a 95. All right. Good so, for him. Yeah. Good for him. One, one short of McCann. Uh, Vince Dunn's second shot was lower was an 86 then you got alexiak again figure he's a contender shoots another 94 okay so consistency mm -hmm. for jamie alexiak but mccann's still the leader grubauer declined to take a second shot <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't need to no will borgen who we, we were thinking was a big contender it shot a 94 the first time shoots at 86 the second mm -hmm. time so he's out uh giordano redemption time Shoots a 93. So right. respectable. Yeah. Respectable. Very much so. So the, the captain redeems himself there. Uh, Riley Shane with a 92. And then Morgan Geeky winds up 96. He ties with McCann. And Geeky also has this really unorthodox windup. He just, you know, he doesn't go back. He just puts his stick straight up to the sky and then shoots. It's, it's this really weird looking windup. Uh, but it works for him. Yeah. You, you stay, do yep. with what works. Like, there's, you know. Yep. So Susie closes it out with a 92. And you've got the two-man final between Geeky and McCann. McCann shoots first. Shoots a 93. Okay. And without the giant, you know, skating <laughs> yeah. wind-up time. So good for him there. And so then you've got Geeky. 93, the number to beat. And he shoots a 98. Just absolutely yeah. ripped the puck, getting better every time. And Morgan Geeky wins the hardest shot, as I predicted. Mm -hmm. So I will, I will take the win with Morgan Geeky on that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I filed the protest of you seeing more, and the protest of he had a much smaller wait time between his second and third shot than McCann did. 
because mm. I do think that the warm up time, because that's that was one of the things I noticed when I saw the field as a whole. I was like, I don't know that guys could really get into a rhythm and like use that first shot as a good warm up shot when then you've got to sit and wait, you know, for a bunch of guys to go after you. Like that would be yeah, very that is difficult point. because we see that every year at the All Star Skills Comp, right? Like they they need to kind of get going in order to get loose. And to feel it and kind of to take that first one and feel, okay, what did I do wrong? You know what I mean? Just to get comfortable yeah. and all that stuff. And then by sitting that long, you risk A, not being able to get loose because of it. You can get cold again. And B, you could overthink things a lot. So yeah, it was interesting that they had the fields uh, so large like that. Yes. I mean, you, you make a good point there. And I might have liked to see them just do two shots each back to back. For each guy, mm-hmm. you might get some higher numbers there. Yeah. Uh, but I do like that they had the field as large as it was. It was good to see yes. a variety of guys and what they could do. Exactly. And it is one of those things, because I know a lot of people on Twitter, I was seeing Alexiak's name thrown around just because of the size, the height, right? It's like, well, Chara's got the fastest one mm-hmm. ever, right? Like, it's because of this, this height thing. And obviously, the height and the leverage, all that stuff helps a, a bunch, but technique at the end of the day you got to know how to rotate your hips how to transfer energy from your lower body to upper body through your shoulders into that stick make sure you've got that nice flex on the stick make sure you're connecting with the puck in the right spot keeping the puck low so it registers better on the radar Mm -hmm. lot lot that goes into it that um you know a, a couple inches here or there probably isn't going to make up for that uh in the height department for sure. There's a lot more to it than just height, than just size, than just how much weight you can get into it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cool to see kind of the different technique. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to, well, I guess it was the second to last of, uh, of the challenges. It was the breakaway challenge. Now, this is kind of the, you know, showmanship one. This is where it's judged. You know, we've seen this at the NHL skills competition level, you know, most recently with Z- Trevor Zegris. You know, pulling out robbed. the stops. Yes, he was absolutely robbed. Um, now there were some judges there. I think they were had some like couple judges that were kids, and then you had the opposing goalie for that team as a judge as well. So it's three judges for each guy. You get a total score out of thirty. Um, nice, fair, impartial judge there. Yeah, no, totally. It was interesting <laughs> to see, you know, the goalies take on these things. So um, I'm gonna go. It, I'm going to basically just go by player here and see what I remember, you know, from, from what they did. Um, we'll start with team Drieger. You had Mark Giordano bringing out his son, you Mm -hmm. know, having him take the shot. thought that was really cool. Good moment for him and his son. The goalie did this amazing evasive maneuver to get out of the way of the (laughs) shot. It was actually quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was cool to see. He got 30 points. He got a perfect score. All tens. Uh, you know, just wholesome. Gotta love it. Mm-hmm. Then you had Jordan Eberle trying to go, you know, the, the move where you take the puck between your legs and you try and spin it out of there and do like, yeah. you know, kind of like the little Michigan fling thing. Tried it. Did not work. Uh, and he gets zero. He gets a zero from the judges, which was far and away the lowest score. <laughs> I don't know what Eberle did. Other guys tried moves that didn't work either. But uh, no, Everly just got a zero. <laughs> well, everybody's jealous. He had to have. He got that, you know, nice paid vacation in um, Vegas last weekend. So, yeah. See, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that must be it. Uh, then uh, Will Borgen, I think, just had a 
kind of just a nice slick deke, you know, deke the goalie out. I, yeah, a few guys just tried, like, deking the goalie out, and, and they worked, and they would usually get okay scores. He got 21 points. Yeah. Mason Appleton, and this was probably my favorite of all of them, gets to the blue line, throws his stick away, grabs another stick, a lefty stick, mm-hmm. and skates it in, and hit the top shelf corner lefty. Nice. So I thought that was pretty impressive from Appleton. It was a pretty hard shot, too. You know, that's that's uh, you know certainly easier said than done, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, hitting those. So he got 28 points. That was good for the second highest score of pretty anyone. Good. Yep. Uh, and then Morgan Geeky, I believe, what did he try? I think he tried to do that spin around one where, you know, you kind of spin it around and then throw it at the net that way. He pulled it off but shot it wide. So he gets a 23 points for that. Should have just uh, taken a slapper. Goalie would have dove out of the way. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, after winning the hardest shot competition, that that's probably the way to go. Um, then you had Ryan Donato, who did a cool, uh, you know, like the Datsuk move where you, you know, out to the forehand and then move yeah. it, pull it back to the backhand, one of those shootout moves. So he did that. Um so now I'm kind of looking at the video because I'm reminding myself of the different uh, different moves that they were doing. I was going to say, you and I have tried that many a time on the sport court. Yes, very no, degrees have. of success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, he pulled it off. He got it to work. Um, so and then you had Adam Larson, your boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just did a little backhand forehand move and beat the goalie pretty Standard. Efficient, efficient, you efficient, know, the, the Swede, all that matters is, is that the puck goes in the net. Exactly. Uh, and then you had Hayden Flurry try and do the uh, the little one-handed, you know, kind yeah. of poke the puck forward. Didn't work, the goalie stopped it. Uh, and then, let's see, am I missing anything score-wise? It's a lot to remember, guys. Sorry, nah, I got No, look. no, you're good, you're okay. good. No, it's, um, it is interesting, because I think a lot of the guys that uh, maybe didn't try the crazy stuff maybe it's not so much because they couldn't it's just you know odds are not not a lot of cracking games go to shootouts and obviously <laughs> in a shootout these are the guys that are probably you know unless the shootouts going 15 rounds deep we might never see them in this situation so they were just trying to show like hey look you know i could get it done like, if i need to yep yep for sure i i think that's a that's a good point there so the last one that i missed was Alex Wenberg, and I thought he had the second lowest score with 12 points. I thought he should have gotten higher because he actually tried something creative. He did the whole, you know, skate in and then kick your stick to shoot it. Oh, okay. The shot went wide, so I get the lower score. Mm -hmm. But still, like, I thought that was good. He tried something creative. I like that out of Wenberg. Interesting note with this, and I'm sure it was not intentional. But anyway, you know, the song Can't Hold Us from Macklemore was playing, like, kind of the whole time as background music. And I don't know how this worked out, but the lyric in the song, you know, can I kick it? Thank you. Literally right as he kicked the puck, that was like in the song. So I don't think that was planned, but interesting. Spooky. Love it. Yep. So anyway, I thought he should have gotten a higher score than he did. Yeah, because we never uh, see people try that move. No, we don't. And and the few times we do see, it seems like the goalies get really mad. I don't know why. I don't don't know why that's one that angers goalies. But Hey, when you have like an e-bug in net, that's what you try it. They exactly. can't get that. Here. Exactly. Yep. So that uh, <laughs> that is the breakaway challenge. Uh, Geo with the win there. Um, you know, having his son come out. Nice wholesome moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like and a then, couple people had their kids. You know, obviously Yanni Gord uh, with his daughter a lot. 
seemed like on Twitter. Yes. Throughout the no, that uh, was nice. Yeah, he he brought his daughter out for warm ups. That was uh you know nice for her. Obviously, you had a few kids there. I think Alex Wenberg might have had his daughter there on the bench. Um, yeah, there there it was definitely a nice day for the kids and for the players' kids. So again, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. So on to the last event. It was the three on three. So you get a little bit of three on three hockey there. I think it was like seven minute clock or something like that. Uh, and it's always interesting with these because. You know, as the players, like, you never know kind of how hard to compete. It was a little mm-hmm. awkward. Um, one thing that was cool is they had the uh, the UW men's hockey team goalie in there okay. uh, playing goalie for the three-on-three challenge. So that was cool to see. Um, but, yeah, it was it was interesting. I preferred the defensive plays. There wasn't a whole lot offense-wise. But leave it to Yanni Gord to back check full on in a three on three thing in a skills showcase. Yeah. He was back checking. He was breaking up plays. Uh, there was one where it was a, uh, you know, like a two on O basically. And he threw his stick to try and break it up. And it actually, he did. He broke up the pass across nice. by throwing his stick. So, you know, Yanni Gord, you just, you can't turn it off with him. You, you um, can't, you, you see it and you just, you just act. You yep. can't bear to just watch it happen. You know? Yep, but the best defensive play, I think, of the three-on-three was the captain, Geo laying out, doing the whole starfish on the ice, uh, you know, to break up, uh, you know, a pass with Jared McCann and everything, taking it on a two-on-one. Uh, so that was cool to see. He actually broke up the play, so it worked out, too. But I, I like the defensive plays. You know, obviously, you know, not the highest effort level from everyone three-on-three. Yeah. So it was a fun event. And, of course, they tied that. Oh, of course. No, yep. no sudden so, death shootout or anything. Yep. But Team Drieger did have the 11 to 9 lead going into it. So uh, Team Drieger was the winner. All right. So Drieger over Grubauer there. Uh, yes, there is a trophy. They actually gave him a trophy. Uh, you know, Drieger carrying it around with pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see who wins it next year. Hopefully they do one of these next year. Yes, an, an ill-begotten trophy for screwing with Jared McCann, my boy, in the uh, puck juggling contest. Yeah, we, we won't mention the whole uh, geeky relay thing, huh? Yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, no, it's it sounds like it was a really good event. I'm glad it went well. I'm glad everybody seemed to enjoy it. I didn't see like any negatives posted on Twitter from anybody, and that's huge. When yeah. you're doing something like this everything seemed to go off without a hitch it's also i mean it is one of those events you know you start having problems with something maybe the radar gun doesn't work on one of the shots or whatever you can laugh it off kind of keep going um mm-hmm. because it's so relaxed but uh no I, i'm glad it worked out and i'm glad that everybody enjoyed it because i do think that that means you know looking ahead to to years from now hopefully it's it is a reoccurring thing yeah, for sure. And I think it's, you know, as as good as you could possibly ask for for the first time. And hopefully they see that credit to everyone with the Kraken who got that all set up and mm-hmm. everything. I mean, there, a lot of work goes into planning something like that. And it was really well executed. So that was good to see. Um, and yeah, just a fun time also covering it as media. There weren't a whole lot of us up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we were having a really fun time, you know, just talking back and forth about all the things happening, you know, kind of chirping everything. This was certainly the most fun, um, you know post whatever media availability yeah you know afterwards i mean there were no serious questions it was all just jokes and having a good time uh we got giordano and geeky geo was of course all about the uh the radar gun being broken yeah. it was just like 100 percent something's wrong with that um 
so that was fun and then you know morgan geeky mm-hmm. you know he's he's hilarious we we know that um I, of course getting back to pizza hut mm-hmm. you know i i did i had to ask him you know congrats on winning the hardest shot you know are you going to go to pizza hut to celebrate and i'm going to try and do my best imitation of just kind of how he answers these questions you know like the yeah. dry dead he's like like well i don't know uh, I know they have some food here, so I'm probably going to go eat that right now. But uh, maybe a late night snack. You know, I might I might dabble over there. <laughs> hockey, so definitely... hockey players, everybody. <laughs> it was it was funny if you were there. Like, yeah, no, like, I, know. Well, I know they got some food here, so I might I might go eat that right now. <laughs> um, so that was good. Um, also important because we did. I, God, I forget who we picked. But for the chirping abilities, remember that was yes. one of the things yes. that they advertised like as one of the skills that would be tested. Um, so we didn't get an official winner on that. You know, it all just kind of stayed, you know, with the players and everything. But I had to ask. So I asked Geeky, who had the best chirping abilities today? And he said it was definitely Yanni. It was Yanni Gord. And he said his accent gives him a good head start. Yeah, I which I thought that. was an interesting comment. Um, so, yeah, Yanni Gord wins the chirping competition. I don't think we should be surprised. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and and I and I know what he means with the accent. Yep. No, for sure. It it certainly adds something to the chirps. As as, as someone who was a fan of a team with Mark Andre Fleury for a long time, I I get it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, one more thing that I forgot to mention early on. Sorry to go out of order here. No, that's good. But the intro. Like when everything was getting introduced before, you know, all this, all the skills competition happened, you had Todd Lywicki come out and get the crowd fired up, do it as best like Vince McMahon, you know, let's go. You know, he's talking about the game last, the game the night before. He's like, they had a great game. Big rig uh, threw down, you know, (laughs) like just trying to get everyone fired up. You could tell he was certainly relishing the moment. Yeah. (laughs) trying to get everyone hyped so i just i thought that was pretty funny yeah it is i was gonna say the one thing i want to know any sightings of coach hackstall or yes. uh ron francis no ron francis sightings okay. but did see dave hackstall and um i actually did manage to get a picture on the drum chart. it was funny he was just wearing street clothes which again just felt weird it probably shouldn't because <laughs> yeah. he's just a guy but <laughs> He was wearing jeans and just a, like a, a light hoodie and everything. But yeah, he was just on the bench there for the start, wearing street clothes, smiling. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was interesting to see, that's for sure. <laughs> what what subtle shade you're throwing, RJ? He's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, because I was I was wondering, like, would you bring in like assistant coaches and have them go at it for something? And I thought, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, ultimate flex, like got to have ron francis versus coach hack out there at some point to do something like that would be that that i think is the only like cherry on top they could add to something like this in in years future for sure i do want to see some non-current players you know Mm -hmm. get involved like ron francis doing one of the skills like accuracy shooting or something everyone would go nuts for that uh you know get hackstall involved i mean that would be great i'd like to see jt brown i would have wanted to see him kind of do one of the events because uh, you know we know he's still got it skills wise yep. 
Yeah. Um, so it would be cool to see. We we saw him kind of warming up a little bit. You know, they did had him out there for warm ups, and they also had uh, Dave Tomlinson. You know, from the mm-hmm. crack in the, the radio there. And I mean, you know, he's a former pro player, so you know, he's he can still rip it. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, get some of those guys involved. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way you could elevate what sounds like you know a a perfect afternoon evening with the Kraken. Really, really yeah. happy that it all went so well. Yeah, it was just a great event. So glad I got to go. Um, and yeah, just more of them, please. Like keep doing, keep yeah. doing it next year. Exactly. It's um, it's surprising that more teams don't do this, and uh, yes. but but happy that the Kraken are. That's that's kind of all you could say, really. Um. All right. Uh, I mean, we're we're basically at our hour mark. RJ, don't really need to talk about that Arizona game from this past week, other than to no. just say why. <laughs> uh, and we, you know, we we had a really fun ECH post game live talk about the the win over the Ducks and the new potential budding rivalry we have with them, and all the fun mm-hmm. stuff there. No, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time with that one either. So. Um, you know, it is Super Bowl Sunday. We are recording this pre-Super Bowl. Got my Bengals hat on. Feel free if you're, you know, you watch this tomorrow for us on um, YouTube to either congratulate me on the Bengals win or offer your condolences. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of The Deep Dive. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And we will see you all next time.